From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. There we go. Well, welcome to not I Love Lucy, but uh, Lighthouse Live here in the Lighthouse Live International pa- pod- Podcasting Network. Uh, yeah, well, then, then welcome. Uh, we welcome all of you listening live tonight because this is Valentine's Day as we are uh, airing live tonight on the uh, 14th of February, 2011. So our best wishes to all of you around the world who listen to the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you along with our co-host, uh, Elaine Harlan, and our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey with us. And uh, returning uh, tonight to to help make us more civil is uh, <laughs> a good friend we've gotten to know over the past uh, couple of years and uh, just a, a wonderful asset to our community, Tom Chagnon, and he is the superintendent of the Stanislaus County Office of Education. And, uh, Tom, great to have you back with us. And uh, we're going to get into the Choose Civility an initiative, which really is is gaining great guns and uh, has a lot of media attention. And uh, we're going to go back and, and review some of the roots of why we're doing this and then maybe get some updates on uh, on what's happening with that in, in just a couple of minutes. Right now, though, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the prayer of a real-life Jesus freak. The year is 1415 Bohemia. John Huss is in chains waiting to be burned at the stake. His crime? Rebuking church leaders for corruption. But he demonstrates his own understanding of what it means to follow Christ with a prayer. O loving Christ, draw me a weakling after yourself. For if you do not draw me, I cannot follow you. Give me a brave spirit that I may be ready and alert. Come alongside me and follow me, for without you I cannot do anything. Grant me a ready spirit, a fearless heart, a right faith, a firm hope, and a perfect love that for your sake I may lay down my life with patience and joy. Are you a Jesus freak? Go online to persecution.net. And back with you live here on uh, Lighthouse Live. And, you know, just it's a reminder of that uh, particular um, piece out of history that how often we believers have shot our own wounded. You know what I mean? And uh, 
Civility even applies, really applies within the church, doesn't it, Tom? I mean, if any of you have ever been in a church board meeting, then you know that it is needed as (laughs) much there as in anywhere else in the secular world as as well. Well, friends, uh, in this uh, Valentine's Day era here uh, in February, we also had the privilege, and we told you about this last week, had the privilege of signing the uh, community marriage policy upon the 25th anniversary of the first signing of the policy. And uh, that occurred in 1986 when uh, Michael McManus, who is a religion and ethics columnist at that time for the New York Times, had a, a germ of an idea that, gee, you know, if pastors committed to preparing people for marriage before they married them, maybe we could really uh, cut down the divorce rate and give people better preparation for lifelong marriages. And uh, the pastors of several towns, probably half a dozen around the country, uh, looked at this, and, and it really didn't gain traction. But he came to Modesto, and the Modesto be through a lunch. And uh, Michael McManus came. He, he proposed the idea. And uh, one of the pastors in town, an associate pastor at, at then First Baptist Church, which is now Cross Point, Dr. Jim Talley, said, you know, I'll take a hold of that. And uh, Dr. Talley actually wrote the first community marriage policy. It was signed back in 1986, the first in the nation. There are now over, I think, about 229, uh, he told us, across the nation. And uh, after a period of uh, oh, 15 years or so, actually, our divorce rate here in the Stanislaus County area went down by about 50 to 57 percent. And we know the policy works because we get phone calls from folks that say, I want to get married next month. And we say, well, you know, we want you to have a lifetime marriage, not just a lifetime marriage, but one that is strong and, and, and one that really benefits everyone. So we want you to wait and go through a process. And invariably they will say, but that's, that's what the pastor down the street said. And, and that's the power of the policy is the covenant between the pastors, and, and that's why we, we have them sign that. And, uh, you know, being an ex-cop and a pastor, you want to get pastors and cops together, you feed them. <laughs> um, and so we did. On Friday night, we had a wonderful Valentine's dessert. And, and Dr. Guy Grimes and his wife, Roxana, uh, Dr. Grimes used to ba- uh, be uh, a pastor here at uh, Orangeburg Baptist uh, many years ago. And they just brought a wonderful uh, message to us as well. So it was a wonderful celebration. If you are a pastor... Uh, that means licensed uh, and or ordained, and you perform marriages and would like more information about the community marriage policy, if you're in Stanislaus County, we'd love to have you sign the policy. And uh, just give me a call, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. And we'll be happy to email you or send you the policy, and you can sign it with us. If you are somewhere else in the United States or around the world and you'd like more information about it, I'd love to send you the information you make the policy your own. You don't have to take what Modesto did with it. You take it. Uh, you uh, form-fit it to the personality of your community. And I'll tell you, it is a powerful, powerful tool. And one of the neat things is we've even been invited uh, into the, the secular education arena uh, back when we first did this, uh, Modesto Junior College invited us in, Tom. And uh, I was able to talk to their – they had a class there on – on marriage and sexuality and, and such, and I was able to tell them about the policy and was invited in, uh, and, and the uh, 
professor was not a believer, but she said, look, these these kids are going to be affected by this policy. I want them to know about it. And uh, so it's just a wonderful way to let people know about the policy and, and the fact that it does have uh, tremendous uh, benefits down the road. want to let you hear personally from Michael McManus and Dr. Jim Talley. Here's what they have to say. Hi, this is Mike McManus uh, speaking to you. I just want to thank you pastors uh, in Modesta who pioneered the creation of a major tool that has brought down divorce rates all across this country, the creation of the first community marriage policy in the United States. Um, The pastors out there had invited me to speak in Modesto in 1986, January 22, 1986 to be precise, and um, I was thrilled to do so. Uh, Dr. Jim Talley organized a, a good cross-section of pastors to be involved. He was then an associate pastor at First Baptist. And um, eventually, 95 pastors, priests, and one rabbi signed America's first community marriage policy in Modesto. Uh, your divorce rate began going down immediately. In fact, at Christi- Christianity Today, published an article about it in 1989, Um, I had predicted that if you did several things, that you could cut your divorce rate in half in five years in Modesto. The first suggestion was that you require anyone getting married in in the city to take a premarital inventory, a detailed questionnaire that you're all familiar with, um, such as Prepare and Rich. And the second suggestion was that you train a group of couples in good marriages to become mentor couples who would talk through the 150-plus issues that the inventory surfaces with each couple. And I suggested that if you had an annual retreat to enrich existing marriages, that you might end up uh, both helping get a new generation of couples started properly for marriage and then enrich the existing marriages And that dual strategy, I felt, could cut your divorce rate in half in five years. Well, it didn't take five years. It took longer than that. It actually took 16. But by 2002 uh, or 2001, your divorce rate had dropped 57% from what it had been in 1986. And in this past decade, it's been about half of what it had been in those previous years. There were 1,300 marriages a year in Stanislaus County in 1986, but you've been averaging about 2,600 marriages a year in recent years. Now, that's largely due to population increase, but it's been a real increase in the marriage rate. And this is in total contrast with what has happened uh, elsewhere around the country. We've had a 53% drop in the marriage rate nationally since 1970, uh, about maybe 30% since uh, 1986 when you signed your agreement. So for you to go in the opposite direction and to have an increase in the marriage rate uh, is evidence that what you've done is to create a marriage culture that is both producing more marriages and saving more marriages from divorce. So your first community marriage policy has been an inspiration to communities all across this country. We now have 229 of these agreements. My wife and I have been working at this full time uh, since 1996 helping other communities get started. And uh, we just want to tip our hat to you and thank you for being the America's pioneer city in creating a community marriage policy. We were honored to be a part of it. Thank you very much for this opportunity to greet you, and thank you for your pioneering work. 
Hello, this is uh, Dr. Jim Talley. I just want to say hi to everybody in Modesto after all the years and celebrating the 25th anniversary of the community marriage policy. It just seems amazing how fast time goes and how quickly things happen over over a long period of time. It's sort of like life, you know. Life is like a roll of toilet paper. When you get down to the end, it just seems to go faster. So life for us seems to be going by really, really fast. And, and, uh, and remembering back to the beginnings of the community marriage policy, uh, Michael McManus was brought in by the Ministro B to speak at a at a conference, and then uh, Pashi Edgar assigned me to work on that, to implement what Mike had already laid down. He'd been going around the country you know, trying to get people to do this, and nobody had done it, and Pastor wanted it to be Pastor Yeager. Uh, First Baptist wanted it to be done, and so I started working with a group of lay people, and we had some other Catholic people involved, and we brought Mike in for a, for a pastor's conference, and we uh, were able to see 98 guys signed this thing in the beginning and get it started. And I'm still in contact with a number of couples married right after that period of time to be able to see their lives have changed and that the quality of their relationship has endured all these years because of that uh, community marriage policy. Appreciate all the people who were involved in everything and just encourage the rest of you to continue to maintain that same level of, of uh, commitment and being willing to say to people that you need to be you better prepare to be married. It's 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 easy to get married. It's hard to stay married. It takes a lot of work and effort and energy. And the perfect marriage is a blind woman married to a deaf man, but you got to get older and wiser and, and stronger to be there. So just a word of encouragement to Modesto. My, my wife, Joyce, and I really miss it. And remember those good days would encourage the, the ministry there, and, and the Lord bless all of you now. Thank you very much, and have a great celebration of the 25th anniversary the community marriage policy. Again, friends, if you'd like more information about the community marriage policy, uh, please give us a call, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Or email us at lighthouselive at earthlink.net, lighthouselive.earthlink.net, or lighthouselive at earthlink.net. You know, Elaine, uh, my, my family goes way back into Scotland, and then we were very rowdy, and they kicked us out, and we had to go to Ireland for a while, and then eventually came to the United States. But, you know, the, the story goes about, uh, you know, great-uncle Ian and his wife Elizabeth, who were celebrating their 50th marriage anniversary, and many, many years ago, of course, and they had, they had come to the United States, and, and someone asked uh, Uncle Ian, you know, what, what was the secret to your marriage? And he says, well, we're going to celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary. They said, Wow. Well, what'd you do for your 25th? He says, well, I took Beth to Ireland, and that was a wonderful celebration for our 25th. Well, what are you going to do to top that for your 50th? He says, oh, well, I'm going to go back to Ireland and pick up Beth. <laughs> anyway, moving moving right along, I'm sure you have some serving opportunities uh, we there. do yeah. and we can't wait to get uh, with tom here in just a moment but we do have some serving uh, opportunities for you the american red cross is having their 28th annual cpr saturday taking place on 
Saturday, March 12th at Five Sites. What a novel idea. <laughs> uh, what, what a concept, huh? A Saturday thing for CPR and, Saturday. Imagine well, that. Modesto, yeah. Oakdale, Patterson, and Turlock with one Modesto site providing all classes in Spanish. The event is open to the public. Ages 8 and up under 12 must be accompanied by a paying adult at a non-refundable registration fee of $10, and participants successfully completing the course receive a two-year CPR AED certification and a breathing barrier keychain. Cool, huh? Pre-registration by Wednesday, March 9th is strongly encouraged as classes fill up quickly. Volunteers, this is where we step up to the plate. Ages 14 years and up are needed prior to the actual event to help coordinate activities and process registrations and the day of the event at all sites. I was going to talk about your uh, little escapade with CPR, but I'm going to remain civil since we're Thank you. <laughs> Civility. In honor tonight. of Tom being here, Tom we're going to be civil and not mention that I broke that, recessing. Volunteers Annie. are needed to um, do the registration check-in, correct written test, clean the mannequins, Staff first aid booth. We're just going to skip over that, Mike. Put new so, lungs back in there if necessary. Lungs, yeah, like the mannequin that you blew the ones out. Never mind. We're going to move on here. The Red Cross is a charitable organization, not a government agency, and they depend on volunteers and the generosity of the American public to perform its mission. And we love the Red Cross, and, and we partner with them, and we just encourage you to take part of this uh, uh, CPR Saturday. And you know, it's so important to keep up to date because yeah, new yes. new techniques uh, come into play. Uh, you know, I mean, I got my first card when I was 14 years mm-hmm. old, which is a really long time Very ago. Long. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, 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 yeah, <laughs> but it, it really is important. We encourage you to be involved in that and, and have that knowledge because you never know when it's going to come in handy. Right? So true. Very true. The first tea of Modesto, tee it up with time and be a positive influence in the lives of youth with the learning life skills through the golf program. Uh, the program offers life skills, instruction, clinics, rounds of golf, and outings to benefit over 3,000 Central Valley area youth ages 5 to 17 each year. Volunteers must be at least 18 years of age, complete a background check, and participate in at least three clinic sessions each year. The first T mission is to positively impact the lives of youth by providing educational programs that ensure the learning of life skills and character development through the game of golf. And if you're a golfer, this is right up your alley. Salvation Army. No, that's bowling. Bowling is right up your alley. Right up your alley. That's okay. Is <laughs> you can tell I'm not a golfer. Right? That's all right. Okay. Salvation Army. Too much Red sugar Shield. at Too Valentine's much, Day. Uh, yeah. Starbucks. Uh, share your love and knowledge of the game of baseball with youth. Now, this is up my alley. Volunteers ages 16 years and older are needed uh, as assistant coaches or act as umpires from the end of February, approaching us very quickly here, through July. Assistant coaches work with players ages 4 to 12 years and help coaches at practice and games. Umpires closely observe games to ensure that both teams are playing according to baseball rules and regulations. 
Practices and games are scheduled weeknights between 5 and 7.30 and from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays at the Red Shield, depending on the coaches' schedules. Adult volunteers must pass a background check provided by the agency and be familiar with the game of baseball. The Salvation Army Red Shield Center is a Christian-based community center for people of all ages whose purpose is to provide positive character-building activities by offering educational, recreational, social, and spiritual pro- programs. And we say that is awesome. It's a love at baseball seasons upon yes, us. Mike. we love and By the way, Tom, yes. are, are you aware of the fact that in high school baseball now there, there are new bat requirements? That's correct. Yeah, the BB core bats. I, I guess they more closely simulate a wood bat That's in terms correct. of the how, how fast the ball comes. It's supposed to be a safer... They're mandating mm-hmm. that for college ball as well. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, Mr. Baseball yes. over here... It, so dates, what? It, it dates me because when I played baseball, we still used wood bats. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Well, so so what's your opinion? The wood versus the uh, the aluminum. What uh, you have any thoughts on that? Well, being a former pitcher, naturally I'm partial to wood because uh, throwing to a batter using a wood bat, the sweet spot on the wood bat is very limited. Right. And so. If he doesn't hit the ball on the sweet spot, then the ball is not going to go very far. And odds are you could break his bat easier with an aluminum bat because it is aluminum and the sweet spot is extended down the barrel of the bat. So you could make a great pitch, fool the batter, but he still gets contact, makes contact, and and actually the ball could go quite far just because it is aluminum. So, so we're probably going to expect less home runs, oh, I, most I definitely. guess, right? Most yeah. definitely. Some mm-hmm. of the numbers have been put up in the last... 15 years, uh, especially the last 5 to 10 years, you won't see those again. Wow. Mr. Baseball. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. I was quite enjoying that. But, dear friends, if you have any questions about any of these opportunities or baseball, give Tom a call. (laughs) (laughs) Give Barbara Borba a call here on these opportunities. She can be reached at 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her at bborba at uastan.org. You know, we partner with some wonderful ministries, and there is a downtown ministry in need of a small freezer two washers and two electric dryers. No, it isn't us, but we'd love to help these folks folks out. And if you have any of these items to donate, please let us know. And if you have transportation, a valid driver's license, insurance, praise God for those blessings. And you might want to take a step further and bless an individual in need of a ride, maybe to a doctor's appointment. We have a blind man uh, here in Modesto, 76 years old. He is just one I spoke to him. He is just recently lost his eyesight, mm. and he can no longer drive himself to his doctor appointments and run his errands, etc. But please call us, and we will connect you with him. Uh, see, we need a computer tutor for a precious senior sister, and you will love her. She makes some wonderful chocolate turtles. I know this. Uh, oh, those oh, are killer okay. turtles. Oh, those are something homemade. Uh-huh. You know those little caramel? Oh, yes. oh yes. they awesome. are something else. They don't last yeah. around here very long. For they don't some last reason. hardly at all. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And if yard work is your thing, we have a gentleman. 
told me he has about four pounds of titanium in his back. Ouch. That's painful to hear that. And he just can't bend over anymore. And if you could do a little weed whacking for him, it would mean so much to him. Give us a call, dear friend, if any of these opportunities appeal to you. Uh, we can be reached at 209 209- Five four four nine five seven one again two zero nine five four four nine five seven one and we'd be glad to connect you with those opportunities. Well, we are extremely honored to have back on Lighthouse Live with us Tom Shanyan, Superintendent of Stanislaus County Office of Education. Tom, Happy Valentine's Day to you, and thank you for sharing a slice of your Thank you for having us. me back. It's a real pleasure and honor for me to be here with you folks. Oh, and you've got your yes. Valentine's yes, tie on. Yes, how festive you I'm look. representing the day. All right, well, and I have my Valentine's socks on. Here, let me hold the microphone hold here. Please. So you can see <laughs> my socks. So you can see, see them back. around the world. The, I, I'm not stupid. I I put on what my wife Lori tells me in the morning. dresses you so. very well. She you know, does. Tom, it seems like everywhere we go, we are hearing positive comments about Choose Civility, the big initiative and campaign going on here locally. And I hope it's going on around worldwide because this is wonderful. Well, it's risen to the, the level where now in our office we have set aside weekly debriefing meetings to plan the week to handle the amount of information requests and requests for presentations around Mm -hmm. the county. Mm -hmm. So we are just really thrilled that we've had to actually add some staff hours to accommodate this time. But it's just wonderful that the word is getting out there and people are relying on our website and the county office to help support them. And we're going to do that in any way we can. So it's very gratifying to see how this is really starting to mushroom. Tom, let's go back and just review how this idea uh, percolated up and uh, what the reasons that you saw why we ought to have a Choose Civility campaign. And and give us a little bit of history there before we go on. Well, as I mentioned, four years ago, I... We had a campaign, an initiative countywide for schools, and it was Every Day Counts. And then effort was made to get students to come to school on a regular basis. And by doing that, uh, it would help, obviously, the students with their academics, but the schools would be able to account for that ADA. That's how they get their revenues from the, the state. And in the two years that we did that program, we generated over $3 million in additional revenue. So we knew that if we got behind an effort and really raised the level of awareness, good things would happen. And then two years ago, as you know, we did the Fit for the Future campaign. That was based on Governor Schwarzenegger's big push to get uh, something really earmarked towards Uh, childhood obesity. And that campaign really benefited our county because two years in a row, we were the number one county in the state of California. And I received a gold medallion twice from the governor himself. And it was in the spring of last year when I started attending school board meetings and some other city council meetings around the county. And we know that the the budget has not been easy for uh, those in charge of having to make difficult decisions. And the level of frustration and anger at these town hall meetings, these civic meetings, really was bothersome to me. And the lack of incivility that I would see uh, displayed. Furthermore, it was it was further damaged by the fact that many of these parents would bring children with them. Mm. And I would leave these meetings just shaking my head thinking our founding fathers would really be disappointed if they saw that our democracy that we're so proud of and the behavior of our adults acting in such an uncivil 
manner because we just know that we can't move forward in a positive, proactive way when we treat others with such disrespect. So at that point, I told our group we needed to locate some kind of a guide that we could market uh, civility. And, you know, with the Google and the Internet, uh, they found a book by Dr. Forney, and uh, I read that book, and I said, this will work, and we can use this as what we do to start promoting the initiative. And and that that was launched last spring. Our communication staff really worked diligently. They identified for me um, approximately 30 key players in Stanislaw County that we felt were the movers and the shakers of this county, people that could get things done. And that included local mayors, um, members of municipal advisory committees that were the chair people, um, members of the faith, the faith-based group, uh, doctors, hospitals, uh, the police, and the emergency. So, uh, during the month of August, I visited all of those individuals and met with them one-on-one. We gave out over 2,000 copies of the mm. book uh, by Dr. Forney. We asked people to spread that book around, and that's kind of how the groundwork was laid. The 30 people we asked to serve on our board of advisors and give us direction on how best to market and promote this initiative. So in late August, uh, we started, and in just this short amount of time, it has really uh, gone to the direction that we had, we had hoped. By the way, uh, Tom, I want to say that you, your communications staff is extraordinary. You you have a talent for surrounding yourself with, with the best. And uh, I tell you, these, these folks are just absolutely incredible in the way that not only they wordsmith but present things and uh, really a compliment to uh, to your staff for doing such a wonderful job. Thank you absolutely very much. Incredible. I would like to just give them kudos because for our Everyday Counts campaign and the Fit for the Future campaign, they were uh, the communication staff, a member, was flown back to New York in both of those instances to receive a national award for public relations marketing. So I know that when we get behind something and they, they put their stamp on it, it's first rate. And uh, I also know that this campaign is going to be successful because of what we did, especially with the Fit for the Future. If you can raise the level of awareness among the community and get them behind it, then great things can happen. Mm. And we demonstrated that. And that's why when I go out and I talk to different groups now and agencies, I tell them, I know we can do it because we've done it before. We did it with our fitness, and we can do it with this idea of civility as well. So it's it's just been, it's exceeded my expectations, and I, I set the bar pretty high to start with. Wouldn't it be wonderful if this were required reading <laughs> in our schools for our families? Uh, this would be a wonderful, you know, conversation around the dinner table, I think. Today we celebrate Valentine's Day. You know, whatever happened to civility in our families and our marriages? Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that, Elaine, because, Tom, I want you to review the 12 principles here with us. And, Elaine, I think if if these 12 principles, as a former marriage pastor here, (laughs) if these 12 principles were exercised in marriage, you know, that would be driving down the divorce rate, too, I think, wouldn't it? There's no question. We talk about... Uh, you know, our society becoming more and more coarse. And the, unfortunately, the media and what 
our young people watch on television and at the movie theaters. It's just so shameful. And yet, in their own home where they're being raised with such a high divorce rate nationally, there's incivility going on right in front of them between mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we have to really work on. I know uh, I was told recently a comment, and I tell people when I talk about this, they say that the family is the very most irreplaceable mm irreplaceable contribution that we have to society. And we have to do whatever we can to reconcile what's happening with our families. Mm-hmm. And and being civil is at the heart of that. And so that's why we're promoting that. Our board of advisors, Elaine, they selected these 12 principles. Uh, number one is listen, respect other people's time, don't shift responsibility and blame, accept and give praise, respect others' opinions, acknowledge others, speak kindly, apologize sincerely, refrain from idle complaints, think the best, accept and give constructive criticism, and don't speak ill. The book contains 25, but we felt that there were some overlapping and that if we could merge the 12 that our board of advisors felt pertain to Stanislaw County. We want to focus on Stanislaw County. And whereas our other two countywide efforts that we had, the fitness and the attendance, focused primarily on schools, this is countywide. This is all of us. This is our schools, our businesses, our adults, our grandparents. It's everybody's involved with this one. This is just fabulous. You know, it makes me think of uh, the golden rule. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's because it boils down to that. Just treat others the way that you would like to be treated yourself. I have great news to report. Um, We have monthly superintendent meetings, and recently at our uh, meeting in January, it was reported out that discipline referrals in all 25 school districts have dropped significantly since they've started these the initiative. Uh, Turlock, for example, they sent and trained all 16 of their their schools are trained in the the piece for uh, schools that we're using is called character counts and they have trained all of their their teachers and staff in that and so to know that students are behaving in a more civil manner is really uh, that's encouraging we have these wristbands that we had made up it says choose civility on and we gave out 10,000 of these to our students in Stanislaw County and now they're out there's a request for more and we know that it's a popularity that oftentimes students will wear it but the fact that they're going to look down every once in a while and and see those words choose civility that might make them think about something we just got a new order of our lapel pins for business people so they want to wear something on their suit. We have a very nice lapel pin that just came out. And now to get the word out, besides having banners on street corners, etc., we have uh, the nice bumper stickers that can go in the back of, of the cars, and they, they're they very nice as well. So These are wonderful, Tom. We are, yes. We're really getting the word out so that this is visible, and uh, that's mm-hmm. really important. These are absolutely fabulous. Well, I'll tell you what, we have so much more here with Tom Chagnon as we are celebrating uh, Valentine's Day with you here on Lighthouse Live with our very special musical guest this week, Paul McCartney. Yes, going back a few years for this one, Silly Love Songs, the name of this. Happy Valentine's Day to you, and we'll be right back with more.
Paul McCartney on Lighthouse Live. Silly love songs, nothing wrong with that, especially on a day like today, huh? You know, it brings back memories of cruising Colorado Boulevard. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry, driving down Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena in my 1973 Plymouth Duster. Wow. With, with a, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, with, with some new amps and, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the car and rolling down the windows. And, you know, you know how you get these pictures in your mind and you yes. attach it to songs and mm-hmm. music? Mm-hmm. Not that I ever, no, you know, just Never. exceeded the oh, noise limit no, or anything, no, of, of course. course. Not, but no. anyway. Or speed yeah, limit. Yeah. Or <laughs> <like> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Never speed it. Broke any sound barriers. No, absolutely. No, not, no, no, not in my, <laughs> it only had a 318 in it, Al. So, yeah, Al knows exactly what it had. We're going to put a 440 in there, right? Al, four barrel carburetor and. Yeah, well. We don't, yeah, there's a lot of money, though, to do that. How come we could afford that when we were kids to soup up the cars? And now that I'm way over 50, you know, I can't hardly put gas in it. What's with that? Well, things have gone up, you know. Yeah. Just, well, getting back to civility, though, and not cruising down Colorado Boulevard in a 1973 Plymouth Duster. Tom Shanyon, our, our guest tonight, uh, superintendent with the Stanislaus County Office of Education. So the 12 principles uh, for choose civility. And I, I'm thinking, Tom, as we're talking about this, and, of course, uh, it's been rolled out in the schools and we're publicizing it community-wide. And as you pointed out, it's for the whole community, not just for the schools. I'm thinking, what a wonderful thing if these 12 principles were applied in business, mm. even in retail. You know, can you imagine the salesperson that you're dealing with embracing these 12? I bet they'd make a lot more money at that store, oh, wouldn't absolutely. they? absolutely. And the, the great news about that, uh, Mike, is that many of the, the local businesses have already told us that they are taking these 12 principles and are applying that to their employees. For example, the entire staff at Doctors Hospital is taking one of these each week and discussing it in their staff meetings Mm. so that they will have a more effective and a more um, customer-friendly employee that uh, greets the public. So Mm -hmm. we're very excited about that. And we have a list of approximately 100 local businesses now that have taken on as a partner in this initiative, and part of that means to train your staff in the 12 uh, principles. So we're very excited. There is movement already in that direction because um, that will certainly help just have conversations in a more positive, proactive way. You've got some great resources on your website. Uh, and uh, if you're interested, can give us that that website, uh, Tom, in just a second. And you you can actually get the bookmark. You can get the twelve principles. You can get posters. I mean, the whole the whole deal is there. Information on the book, and uh, we we just encourage you to to check this out because these principles are are so so valuable, and and a lot of them just have you know a lot of biblical authority mm-hmm. behind them too, yes. don't they? Yes, and we're pleased that many of the pastors that uh, we have. D- um, spoken to are taking these same principles and applying biblical messages to them. Sure. And they're using those in their sermons on a Sunday. So we're excited about that. 
we're keeping that obviously separate from the public school, the sure. character counts, but we're really excited that uh, they're using that in that fashion as well. So what about this website? How can people uh, This get a hold website, of you and they can become a, a fan on our Facebook, too. So please Yay. sign up and become a fan on the Facebook. But the website is stanco.org slash civility. Stanco is, is one word. It's S-T-A-N-C-O-E dot org slash civility, and that will get you right to uh, the website, and then there's a number of links that you can go from there for resources. You can sign up to be a an advocate. You can go on to the Facebook, and uh, we're just excited to have people signing up every day to become more involved with this. And by the way, we here at Advancing Vibrant Communities, our board has officially adopted a resolution, and we sent that in. And if, if your organization would like to just support this and say, yeah, we're going to take a resolution, uh, that resolution is also online, and you can adopt that. And, and please let uh, Tom and his office know that, that you are supporting it. I think it just is a, a wonderful way to address some issues. And, and Tom, just the practical stuff of life. You were talking about cruising down the the highway there. Just look at all the incivility that happens on the highway, oh, you know, yes. and and oh. the anger and oh. and all of that, Road you know. Rage and, yeah. Just you know, this being on people's minds even might might cause us to you know let the other person go first, you know, even Courtesy. though if, if it is our yes. right away. I would imagine you've you've gotten a few stories anyway uh, back from the uh, community about how this is being applied. Anything uh, j- strike your we mind at the moment? We have a number. It, first of all, from a school perspective, at our monthly superintendent's meeting, I have the civility at the top of our agendas every month now. Whenever meetings we have at the County Office of Education, whatever department it is, You have choose civility at the very top, so people see that all the time. But at the in our first when we started back in September, I would ask the superintendents if they had any stories they wanted to share, and I would hear of some, and I would actually almost have to call on a superintendent. Well, didn't something happen in your district that you want to share? And well, now it's gotten to the point where I have to limit the time Mm -hmm. that we have because they all have stories now of uh, actions where whether it's at a sporting event where parents and fans have been civil and shown much improved sportsmanship, where they're seeing sport teams now shake hands after a hard-fought contest, Mm -hmm. things that we really didn't see before, to recently where we had a a school board meeting. A superintendent invited me out there. He said it it could be very contentious because we have some issues that – are are hotly contested. And before the meeting started, he held up the book, and he reminded his board and the audience that the district was really involved with the Choose Civility Initiative. You could just feel the air and the tension go out of that room. And when people came up to speak, they didn't rant, they didn't pound their fists, they were very civil. And they had different points of view and perspectives, but it was the first time I said, yes, we are having a civil dialogue here where even though we're not all agreeing, at least we understand the other viewpoints and the opinions. Mm. So, And I know recently I, I was on the corner downtown, and I was returning from the Chamber of Commerce meeting, and <clears throat> there were a couple young men that were having a conversation next to me, and I was with a group of a large people of them. I didn't know who they were, but the language used by these two young men was not appropriate. Mm. And normally I would just kind of tune them out the best I could, but while we were waiting for the light to turn green, and I knew that these ladies certainly were offended by mm. it, I turned to the two young men and I said, 
Gentlemen, you know, we have adopted this initiative in our community now called Choose Civility, where we're trying to raise the standards and we're trying to be more civil to one another. And I, I tell you, your language is offensive to me and I'm sure it's offensive to these ladies. I didn't know quite what kind of reaction I would get, but both of them said, sir, they said, well, sorry, sir, we didn't realize what we were getting out of hand. But you know, um, I took the initiative on that, and these young men responded and, and, and actually apologized. Now, that's not going to happen every time, but we know that it can. And just last week, I was invited out. Unfortunately, our juvenile hall has three different cells, and I was invited out to talk to the different uh, cells that are from minor offenses, still serious enough to be in juvenile hall, up to some really serious uh, violations. And um, when I addressed these young men, I told them, and I referred to one of our principals, it, it says, don't shift responsibility mm. and blame. And I mm. told these young men and women, I said, it's time in your life that you took a, a, a hard look at yourself and your actions. And you have younger brothers and sisters and cousins that are looking up to you. And is this how they want you want to be perceived by them? I said, you have to be accountable for your actions and don't point the finger and say it wasn't my fault or I'm a victim here. You need to, as I said, man up and you need to own up to your responsibilities and your actions and turn your life around, start living your life the way. Well, now I just found out today I ran into one of the teachers at Juvenile Hall and she said that they were still talking about mm. my meeting last week and asked if I would come back and talk to them <laughs> some more about it. Oh, and right. I think that that's really critical because sometimes, you know, kids won't listen to their parents. Sometimes students won't listen to a certain teacher. But when some new person comes out, they might just listen to them. And trust me, I will go anywhere and I will talk to any group about this initiative because I think it's that critical for our time, not just in our community and our state, but our nation, because mm -hmm. we are really at a tipping point where we need to turn things around and get our country back on the grounds that it needs to be on. And other nations, I'm so glad you addressed that because that was going to be my next question, Tom, because Mike mentioned authority. And isn't that so true? Authority, if we used, if we choose civility, if we chose to be civil to others, wouldn't it make such a difference in not only our world, our nation, but in the way we relate with other countries as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it, it all just fits together, like you say, the golden rule and uh, treating not just American citizens, but world citizens in the same regard. You have uh, on your website a, a quote from John F. Kennedy. Uh, during an inaugural, uh, during uh, his inaugural address on January 20, 1961, he said, "So let us begin anew, remembering on both sides that civility is not a sign of weakness, and sincerity is always subject to proof. Let us never negotiate out of fear, but let us never fear to negotiate." And so the the roots of this, and, and Elaine, I think you're exactly right. I'm I'm even thinking to what's happening in Egypt right now. You know, as as the president Mubarak has stepped down, and and there's a transitional military government in there, and and uh, wouldn't it be great if these principles of civility were employed during the uh, during the transition? And I think Tom, there's there's another aspect, and 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 you're a, a long time administrator in in many areas, and I think. In terms of power and authority, those of us who, who have that and, and are tasked with exercising that, 
you know, we think of civility in terms of relating to authority, but for those with authority, civility is absolutely critical in terms of how we conduct ourselves as as leaders. And and you're obviously in a in a great role, and and leading by example. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of exercising civility <coughs> from a position of authority. Well, I think it's just. It's so critical that anyone in a leadership position, first and foremost, every day you get up, you say, Lord, just grant me the ability to be your servant and to lead a life that is pleasing to you. And in doing so, that will help us model how we all need to to live and and to treat one another. And I I know that when I start my day, that's, that's what I ask for. And just to be able to... Um, show other people that, you know, we're not taking uh, this authority lightly, and yet at the same time we're very humbled by the fact that we are in a position where hopefully the decisions we make are for the best interest of of the majority of people that are involved. So it's a, it's a matter of understanding the uh, responsibility that we have as leaders and to make decisions that are based on the, what's best for the majority of people. It's vital that we keep that in mind. By the way, friends, we've been referring to this book by Dr. Forney, and it's called Choosing Civility, mm. Choosing Civility, The 25 Rules of Considerate Conduct. And again, here uh, in Stanislaus County, uh, uh, that that uh, group of 30, uh, we basically said, well, we think these are the top 12, and, and so we're focusing on those. But the book is called Choosing Civility, The 25 Rules of uh, Considerate Conduct by Dr. P.M. Forney, that's F-O-R-N-I, and he's the uh, co-founder of the uh, Johns Hopkins uh, Civility Project, and I really recommend that you maybe Google that. It's, it's by St. Martin's uh, uh, out of New York, but uh, if, if we're in Stanislaus County, can you folks get us attached to some books, point oh, us in absolutely. the right direction? Oh, sure can. Okay. Sure what can. about a phone number, uh, Tom, where people can reach you and your staff and ask Area code questions? 209, and the number is 238 238- 1711. That would be 238-1711. And that would get them directed to uh, their their answers to their questions. We spoke about growing up in our age and maybe with the baby boomers and on all of that and becoming self-absorbed. And mm. much of this is just the opposite of that, maybe in just a couple of minutes that we have left. Tom, maybe address how opposite all of this is as opposed to maybe what some of us grew up thinking, that we need to be self-absorbed and self-centered. Absolutely. When, when we talk about Growing up, sometimes my wife reminds me, Tom, this isn't the Ozzie and Harriet days any longer. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking, why can't we get back to those days? Because we are living, unfortunately, what I refer to often is in the Jerry Springer world of instant gratification of whatever is um, is good for me at the moment is what I want. And we need to change those attitudes of our young people to know that they have responsibilities in this world and and to themselves and to their families and to society. And and that is that we have to take the I out of their lifestyle and get it back into we and families so that we can promote uh, wholesome and healthy families again. And we can turn the clock back and, and get back to leading lives that we know um, are certainly healthy and more vibrant. And that's what we're doing in Stanislaw County, and we'll see it that it gets done. 
You know, as I just jotted this verse down, it popped into my head. Occasionally, things do pop into my head. You know, it's, it's, uh, it happens from time to time. But there's, there's a, the Apostle Paul uh, uh, penned a wonderful little uh, phrase, and in, in, you'll find it in Ephesians 5.21. That is to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And it really takes that, you know, that me focus and it becomes another, not, not to deny yourself, but it's a both focus. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a both focus. And I think in, in terms of true civility, Tom, uh, as this, as this, as these principles begin to permeate our society, I think we're going to see the benefits in all facets of our community. I'm just thinking, uh, you know, we're involved in some of the gang intervention programs with Project Safe. And uh, wouldn't it be a great thing if if, if our young kids who are in uh, the, the school district begin to uh, really adopt and live out these 12 principles? Man, we, we could really deal with that gang problem from the inside out, couldn't Absolutely, we? Absolutely, we could. And I know that uh, I've, I've spoken before about our military academy that we started yes. last year. And, yeah. and those young people that have turned their lives around in many, besides the discipline and structure that they're getting, they're getting a heavy dose of character mm-hmm. as part of that. And uh, we also started a Bible club that meets after school. Many of these cadets are signed up and, and involved with that as well. So I, I do recognize the importance of getting into our most at-risk student population. Uh, those hardcore youngsters can be turned around because they want guidance and they want love in their life. Again, friends, if you'd like more information, here's the phone number to call, area code 209-238-1711. That's 209-238-1711, Stanislaus County Office of Education. Our guest tonight has been Tom Shanyon. He's the superintendent, and he has a dynamite staff, and I know that they would be willing to answer your questions and help you out. And again, on the website, give us that website one more time, Tom. Great resources. That's uh, stanco.org slash civility s-t-a-n-c-o-e dot org slash civility tom it has just been a blessing and a pleasure to have you here we want to thank you and uh we'll have you back i i'm grateful for the opportunity to come back again you folks are wonderful and thank you for spreading the word thank you difference thank you for listening wherever you happen to be happy valentine's day to you may god bless you we love you and we'll see you next time